Welcome in, everybody, to another beautiful episode of Cheers from the Press Box. I am your host, Brennan Tassif, joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Joe Dorville. What's going on, Joe? What is what is going on, my guy? Not much. Let's get into it, man. Lots going on in sports. we got another jam-packed week-slash-weekend. Uh, so is it time for the kickoff? Yeah, let's get right into it with the kickoff. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. I remembered this week. Boom. All right. We're going to get right into the NFL. We'll get to some of the other big things later. But first, let's talk about the NFL. Uh, big game on everyone's mind. Minnesota almost taking down Russell Hustle and Bustle Wilson and the Seahawks. Almost. Almost. It's such a Seahawks way to win on fourth and goal to get that touchdown. I was oh, it's, so it's aggravated. Most Seahawks thing ever. Uh, the Seahawks can't play a game that doesn't come down to the final play, final possession, right at the end zone. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they're letting Russ cook. Uh, we've been talking about it all year right here on this very program. Um, yep. It took Pete Carroll about 40 years of trying to establish the run to realize <laughs> maybe I should just let my – MVP candidate quarterback play. Um, he kept searching for another Reggie Bush. Yeah. And then another Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. He never really found it. I mean, Russ had a great game, uh, 20 or 32, 217, but the three touchdowns. DK Metcalf looks, uh, what'd you think about his performance? Cause I know last week he had the, uh, what was that, like fumble going into the end zone and, you know, he came, That was like two weeks ago. Was it? I know he makes some. Yeah, because that was against the Cowboys. Yeah, I know he makes some dumb plays, but apparently Pete uh, Pete Carroll had said this a few months ago when he was doing a podcast uh, for the Ringer. But he said DK Metcalf was for real. Um, when I heard him say it, I didn't know if it was just coach speak or whatever. But then uh, Chris Collinsworth, I don't know if you heard during the broadcast, said that apparently in his meeting with Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson mm -hmm. said he wants to be the Joe Montana to DK Metcalf's Jerry Rice. Wow. Which isn't something I think Russell Wilson would say lightly. Um, so I guess DK Metcalf's for real? <laughs> I think um, as a DK Metcalf fantasy owner last year, uh, he showed flashes of being for real. And uh, this year he's proven to be uh, pretty for real. He looks good every time he's out there. Um, I mean, I have no nothing bad to say about his performances other than that uh, dropped – touchdown fumble thing from two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, other than okay. that, he's been playing real well. It's just so bizarre how Russell can get these guys to make... I mean, it was Lockett for the longest time because I had him on every fantasy team. It was it was Lockett. It was Jermaine Curse. Who was the was big Golden dude out of Pitt that he had? The giant wide receiver that was out of Pittsburgh. Um, Baldwin. Uh, Pittsburgh? Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin's not giant? Isn't he like 6'4 or something stupid? No, Chuck Bowman's, a, 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 I won't say a slight man, but he's uh, 
He's not a he's not well, a Doug big man. Baldwin, I remember, um, and then it was Lockett. <laughs> he played now it's, like he was six four. Yeah, now it's Metcalf. <laughs> but it seems like Russ always finds these guys where it's like, all right, I'm you know fifty fifty ball, go up and get it. And it's just it's hard. I feel I'm heartbroken for the Vikings fan. Um, and I'll get into it later how I can speak to this. But watching a team that you think has all this talent and you think is going to be good, and then to come so close to winning, and then it just gets snatched away. It's uh, it's got to be heartbreaking to watch. Okay, so we we, we, we you got to talk about it. You, you zigged when I thought you were going to zag, buddy. I thought you, we were going to get straight to the fourth and inches call. What do you do? Do you go for it? Do you kick the field goal, play for a potential tie? What do you do? So um, I know what the math says. And I respect the math. I'm not one of these anti-analytic guys, um, even though. The math being what? That you go for it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the math says to go for it. But in my opinion, there are a a few quarterbacks in the NFL. I'd say probably three, maybe four where you, where you go, you know what I mean? Where you just disregard the math and you go for the points. Mm -hmm. And I think Russell Wilson being one of them, Patrick Mahomes being another, Aaron Rodgers would be a quarterback that you, you know what I mean? Like you would, I would disregard and just go for the points against those players. But I mean, what do you think? Because that—that's just my opinion. I think there are some quarterbacks. It's like when you're playing Madden against somebody and you know they're good. It's like, well, if I don't make this, they're gonna go down and score. Like I'm screwed. That's interesting because I can see how you're saying it's the math because of the probability factor and all that. But I did not consider this the math. I thought this was straight rob you at gunpoint, take your money and go home, take your ball and go yeah. home. Football, like. I'm coming. I'm not going to kowtow to your defense. It's fourth and inches. All I need to get are inches. I get this first down. I kneel three times. Game is over. Yep. I felt like kicking I felt like kicking the field goal was conceding because then Russ could get the ball and potentially go down and get, get eight points because there's an option of winning there. But if you get that first down, there's no coming back from that. The game is ice. That's like uh, back in the day when the – when the um, overtime rule was whoever scores first, not if you don't score a touchdown, da 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 da. Yeah. Uh, what was it that year? I think it was. Uh, what year did they change it? Was it after Patrick Mahomes didn't get the ball in OT versus Brady? No, it was changed before then. It was changed before that. I just kept remember they were like, oh, he has to have a chance. He has to have a chance. And it's like, no, if your defense ain't good enough, ain't man enough to stop me, then I get to win. Yeah, and I, I can, felt like I that's how the Vikings that. were playing. Yeah. That, I didn't think it was math. Well, I mean, according, I mean, it was an analytical thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you go for it on that because, like you said, like the probability is that you're going to get it. It's fourth and inches. You're, you should get it. And I've been running all night down their throats. Yeah. I just, when it's Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, even, you know, I'm sure there's a couple other quarterbacks oh, people would throw in there. You can't play scared. I know, but it's just. You can't I, play scared. When it comes to those quarterbacks, so I would be scared. <laughs> I, I, I don't want you in a foxhole with me if I'm playing against those quarterbacks. I know, right? You cannot be scared. We got to line up. We got to go punch them in the mouth, and we got to get these inches. Especially with the Vikings' run game, because they've had a exactly. great running game the whole season so far. I know Dalvin was out, and it was yeah. uh, Alexander I, I, Madison. 
Thank you, Madison. I never. It's not that I don't know how to say his name. I never remember his name. Um, well, yeah, because they had have Dalvin like a, Cook on their team, like, exactly. But he had like a hundred on the ground, hundred twelve on like twenty carries. Yep. So, uh, if I'm Zimmer and I'm a defensive coach, if even if I don't get this, I have faith in my def. I should have faith in my defense to not give up ninety four yards the other way, but. I, everybody was downplaying them. I was like, no, actually, I, 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 I wish my team would do that more. In the year we won the Super Bowl, we did do that more. Yep. We were like, fuck it, we're gonna win with our offense. That's what we. That's what got us here. That's how we're gonna get this done. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's definitely a Doug Peterson kind of play. And Mike Zimmer, of course, is gonna go. You have to. You're a defensive minded coach. They love nothing more than ground and pound, ice this game out. You know what I mean? No defensive coach wants to air the ball out. So it's yeah. I just couldn't believe I couldn't believe they didn't get it, and then I couldn't believe on fourth and goal, like it's over. And then yeah. he, he makes yeah. that catch, man. And it's, then it's Russ, it's Russ, and it's DK now. Yeah, now I know. Have to say DK was, too in there. It was. I mean, it was heartbreaking to put myself in the mental space of a Vikings fan. It was heartbreaking to and watch. The crazy thing was on the play prior to that, I was like, "Wow, DK, you can't let that happen," because he had caught the ball. And then I think it was Hughes was the DB who came and gave him a shot to the back. And he like dropped it as he was going to the ground. So he didn't complete the catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yo, you can't be that big, that Greek God statue person that we've all been Crush talking the about. the combine. Yeah. Yeah. And fucking get hit by a, a 110 pound DB and drop the drop ball. The you got to hold on to that. And then the next play, he fucking holds on to it yeah, and wins the and game. And it's so. like, damn. Yeah. Uh, speaking against speaking of math against quarterbacks, I would not want to go against. Apparently, uh, Derek Carr <laughs> and the Las Vegas Raiders did not get the memo that Patrick Mahomes is the MVP and is the best quarterback in the NFL. Because sorry, I had, I had one last thing to oh, say. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was trying to make a smooth uh, transition. It was a smooth transition. I'm sorry, but I forgot. I really wanted to get this quote in because of our discussion last week. Uh, Russ said at his press conference, "I feel like Sue Bird in the clutch." Oh, Sue Bird reference coming in strong. In the Sue Bird. He knows he listens to the pod. He knows where a Sue Bird is. Yeah, he knows what we're he knows <laughs> what we're talking about. All right. The Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, the one and only, the legend, let the Raiders drop 40 on him. And we 40 burger. Just said last week how the Kansas City Chiefs not only have that high powered offense, but their yes. defense is playing so well. And I then never said that. I said that. And then <laughs> the Raiders were like, nah, man, we got this. <clears throat> I said on numerous occasions that they're good. They're good in levels. They had a, you they did got say a good that. front. You did say that. Uh, they got a good linebacker or so. They have a few good DBs, mainly Tyron Matthew. But they're not a complete cohesive defense. But I will say you did call it after uh was it last week? Or was it after the game prior? But you said they are beatable. Let's not let's not think they're not beatable. They are beatable. Yeah, no, this was I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but this was last week because I I get yeah. so frustrated and I know you know this from the Discord, but I get so angry when people are just like, Oh, <laughs> unbeatable, like let's let's call the season now. Call the day. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, dude, like this is the NFL. Like everyone's and I, I I'll talk about this more <clears throat> later on in the walk off, but it's like everyone is good. 
It's the NFL. These were all guys that played at top tier schools that were on full scholarships for the most part. Like everyone's good. It just depends on, you know, coaching and scheme. And like we've talked about before, and you brought this up and it's a great point in the very first episode. It's about opportunity and execution. So the Las Vegas Raiders just executed better. And I cannot believe they dropped 40 on Kansas City because (laughs) – like, I don't know what's going on in football and maybe it's because of the COVID thing and defenses just aren't as prepared or, you know, I know defenses take a little bit longer to get going, but look yeah. at some of these scores this week, 40 to 32 in this game, you know, the, the Philly Pitt game was a high scoring shootout, you know, it's just, it's crazy what's going on. The Finns put up 40 for like the fourth time in a decade, which is terrible because the next lowest team is the Jets and they put up 12 40 burgers in the last decade. But hey, that's uh, unbeknownst to anybody. I, what? Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, we are seeing the maturation of Derek Carr. They Derek Carr is notoriously reticent to throw the ball deep. He was able to complete four of six passes of 20 yards or more for two touchdowns. Yes, I'm great drafted When they drafted Henry Ruggs, I was like, okay, is this going to be the guy? Because when he had Amari Cooper in those early years with them, he would throw it deep to Amari. And then since Amari, you know, started dropping the ball, started getting hurt, um, they stopped doing that, especially after Crabtree left. Yeah. When they got rugs. I was like, is he going to, this is great. Only if you're going to push the ball downfield and take shots. And they were not afraid to take shots. Did you see rugs stat line? Two receptions for 118 yards and a touchdown. Insane. That's Nelson Aguilar. I thought retired like five years ago. He had two hey. receptions for 67 yards. I know he's your boy from Philly. And then not Darren my boy, Waller. But he was on Philly. <laughs> Go ahead. He's not your boy, but what? I, he's not my boy, but he was on Philly. So yeah. it's not like he retired two years ago. He was just bad for I mean, he's a your couple boy. of years. Any, anybody who's ever played for Philly is your boy. But, uh, well, he won a Super Bowl with us, so he's my boy. Yeah. Darren Waller, who everyone knows I have a soft spot for um, as a fellow recovering addict. Uh, five receptions for only 48 yards. But see, this is the thing with Henry Ruggs is – uh, Darren Waller is pretty much their. He, I know he plays tight end, but he's their he's their possession receiver. He's Derek Carr's safety yeah. blanket. Derek Carr loves a good tight end, and now they have rugs to push the top off the defense. Yeah, and that, all that does is all that the willingness to throw the ball deep. All that does is give more space to your inside guy. That gives more space to your tight end because now the safeties aren't coming down more. Yeah, it's just like in the NBA, spacing the floor. Like if exactly. you can, yeah. If, if people are worried, just like in the NBA, if people are worried you're going to take threes and they space out, just like in the NFL, if people are worried you're going to, you've got that burner who can go deep. Take the top off your defense. Yeah, they're going to have to play <laughs> soft. They The safeties have to play soft, not soft in the respect of how physically they play, but I mean like a soft zone, like they have to play off the ball. They have to play yeah. way back because the one they thing have you to keep their eyes on Henry Ruggs to make sure he's not going to go on a nine route right over their head for a fucking touchdown like he did. Exactly. Because which leaves the middle open for Waller. Yep. And and I think Waller is, a, you know, I'm so glad that he got his life back on track because he he's a great player and it's great to see him. Speaking of retired five years ago, Jason Witten. Had a couple of catches in this game. But Josh Jacobs, everybody knows the story. I have, you know, everyone knows I love power running backs. That's my jam. Um, and Josh Jacobs, again, just, you know, only 77 yards. Uh, only average carries, three. Though. Yeah. Only, so he only averaged 3.3 yards a carry, but two touchdowns. 
I love to see the stat line. Say, effective running, though. Two, effective yeah, running. exactly. Two touchdowns. Longest was seven yards. But he, if you watch the highlights of this game, you're like, oh, my God, Josh Jacobs was the difference maker. Yeah, and we'll get into it uh, later, but that is showing not to abandon the run just because it's not being as flashy as it can be, but you are. it is being productive to a degree. It is a means to the end. And it's the perfect, uh, it's the perfect way to play the Chiefs, in all honesty. Yeah. We we're gonna do everything we can to make sure Patrick Mahomes cannot get Doesn't the ball. Doesn't have back. the ball. <laughs> so even if it's even if he's not tearing off ten and fifteen yards, if it's second and or excuse me, if it's third and two, you hand the ball off, he gets three yards. Yeah, it's not a beautiful stat line, but it's a first down. We uh, my coach in high school used to always say, "I'll take three yards of carry and we'll go for it on fourth down." Because mm. then yeah. you're just gonna yeah. keep draining the clock. Split veer. It's like exactly. Novocaine, baby. Just give it time. It always works. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Phil. For me, what are you doing? Oh, uh, okay, no problem. No, I, I, gonna, I keep talking about Josh Jacobs all day long. <laughs> I was gonna go see how many of Josh Jacobs' carries were four first downs. Um, okay. but I will say a funny aside on this. Uh, did you make the? You didn't point out my mistake when I wrote this in the rundown. I put O A K for Oakland. <laughs> oh, I didn't and even catch it. Until I got home, and I was like, "Oh, they're Las Vegas." <laughs> I just like to say the Raiders. Four of his twenty-three carries were for first downs. Exactly. So, Boom. Yeah, moving the chains. That's moving what it's all chains. about. And I, I mean, obviously, Kansas City is going to bounce back. A lot of the the um, talking heads I've you know heard on this game the last like day or two. Um, obviously, the last like day and a half. It's all, oh, well, Kansas City can have an off game. You know, Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be the MVP every single game, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, the Raiders, like, it's almost like they're doing everything they can to take it away from the Raiders. The Raiders played well. The John Gruden coached a great game and they got the win. And everybody knows John Gruden dates quarterbacks. He never marries a quarterback. So Derek (laughs) Carr is always going to be on the hot seat. But I was happy for him. He had a great game. He started throwing bombs again like we knew he could. Um, Yeah. Like he did back at Fresno State, so it's and he said, well, I think it was like a week or so ago. He was like, "We're a good team, and we're tired of losing." We got after they lost. I don't remember to whom last week, but he was like, "We got to start stop losing. We have to start winning." Yeah, and this is a perfect way and a perfect team to grab a win against that proves that you belong in this conversation in this division. Yeah, for yeah. I was, Exactly took the words right out of my mouth. In division rivalry against one of the best teams, some would argue the best team in the NFL, and you're like, nope, we got it. We're gonna take this. Yeah. I was about to say, and uh funny aside, this is actually his first win against Kansas City. Yeah, I he saw was that. 0-6 prior. And then uh this is Mahomes' first loss to Las Vegas, formerly as known as Oakland. He was four and against them as a starter. Which is great. This is why we play the games. I say it every exactly. week and I will continue to say it. This is why we play the games. Speaking of a little bit of an upset no one saw coming against a team that was supposed to be super good. Uh, Miami Dolphins and Fitch Magic dropped 43 on the San Francisco 49ers. Now, we know that they've got a lot of injuries. Um, yes. Jimmy Garoppolo. They had, they had a lot of people come back this week. That's true. I, I Jimmy Garoppolo did not look comfortable. Um, Horrible. With, with the high ankle sprain and everyone knows, you know, a lower extremity injury really affects quarterbacks. It's how they, you know, drive the ball down the field, um, footwork, everything like that. 
So yeah, I never heard this before, but apparently like a sore ankle or high ankle sprain uh, coming back from that would lead you to sailing the ball a little more. And that's kind of how his two picks ended up. They were just like just thrown a little beyond where his target probably was. Yeah, because you can't you, you put the pressure on your your foot, your ankle to in order to, you know what I mean, yeah. to get that zip on the ball. And so he was just sailing a couple of them. But. There, I mean, I know Joe Staley retiring and everything on the offensive line was kind of a big deal. Not kind of, it was a big deal. <laughs> but I mean, that offensive line is still pretty stacked from last year. They don't, I mean, a lot of their injuries aren't on the offensive line. So mm. I think you just chalk that up to Jimmy's injury. I mean, and they got, they went and got Trent Williams. Yeah. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the answer. I think uh, Kyle Shanahan can somebody else need Trent Williams this weekend. We'll get to that later. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> ah, that was hard to watch, but um, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the answer. I think uh, Shanahan can cover up a lot of his mistakes with his coaching and his scheme. Yeah. Um, you know, they play bully ball. Everyone knows that that's San Francisco's MO and I'm so they glad lost their number one bully. Yeah. In Nick Bosa. Yeah. Defensive line. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, um, They've had a lot of injuries on the offensive side of the ball, too. Everybody knows that. I mean, George Kittle is still playing hurt. Debo's playing yeah. hurt. I mean, I don't care yeah. if they're cleared to play. These guys are playing injured. So, I mean, that has a lot to yeah. do with it. I was really happy, though, with the Dolphins dropping 43 on them. And let me tell you why. Um, you will remember a few weeks ago on Thursday night, <laughs> Fitzmagic had a oh, fantastic I'm happy, game. I'm happy you said this. And everyone was talking all this shit like, well, it must be because the team they played against really sucks. And I just want to remind everybody, while the 49ers do have some injuries, they were in the Super Bowl last year and predicted to win their division this year and go back to the playoffs. And Fitzmagic strikes again. So just I know there's a little recency bias when things happen. I just would like to point out, I said... <laughs> Fitzpatrick has two or three games like this a year. So this would be number two on his list. So he's got All one right. more coming down the pike. And I'm so happy he's holding <laughs> two off. Um, I wrote this down as a jab to you, but I said Fitzpatrick looked like he was playing the Jags out there. <laughs> he was five of seven on passes, 20 yards or more, and threw two touchdowns. Meanwhile, Jimmy Garoppolo was seven of 17 and got benched. How do you feel about him getting benched to protect him? I completely agree with it. I don't even think he should have started the game. Mm. Because you can't. And you know this from following sports. Everyone knows this who, <clears throat> who's not a casual fan, but who really follows sports. If you're playing hurt, that's awesome. That shows a lot of heart, but you, you, you can be detrimental to the team because you're not, you cannot mm -hmm. perform at the level you need to perform at to, for the team to benefit. So playing hurt, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. if you're, if you're going to play hurt, you might as well not play at all, especially at the quarterback position. It's not like you can yeah. cover – it's not like you're an offensive lineman, like a right guard, and it's like, well, you got the center help, you got the right tackle help, like – or a wide receiver where it's like, oh, you can be a decoy. Like you, every play starts and ends with you. So if you're hurt and you can't put the right zip on the ball, you, you shouldn't be playing. I, but to that point, counterpoint, if you're the quarterback and you're supposed to be the quote-unquote leader of men and you come out on that field – then you get you have no excuses after that. I don't want to hear you're getting benched for protection. We're all out here. We're all hurting. Like you said, Kittle's out there hurting. Moisture's hurting. 
get your head in the fucking game and be better. No, I agree with you. That's why I'm saying he shouldn't have played in the first place. As soon yeah, as he shouldn't have played at if all. If you strap up and you, you step on, on the field, field. we're playing now. Now it's time to play. Like that uh, uh, to our Mr. Trubisky point a couple of weeks ago where it was like, uh, does it is the team losing faith? Are the players losing faith in him? If I'm a player, I'm looking at you like, yo, I'm hurt, too. Be better. Yeah. No be, excuses. Don't be sorry. Be better. Be accountable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I can't get over <laughs> Fitz Magic with. Oh, oh, my God. That guy. I And I swear him holding Tua off makes me so happy because I'm happy because that allows Tua to get healthy and potentially I, if in a perfect world Tua just sit out the whole year like Mahomes did his first year. Yeah. And just learn. Well, and I know you've seen it this year with Jalen Hurts on your, you know, for the for the <laughs> Eagles, and I saw it last year with when Nick Foles went down and uh, Minshew stepped in. So we have firsthand experience with this. It's so nice when you get a starter, even if it's just like a transition starter or it's your go-to starter, and like then there's but there's someone behind them that people think have potential it's so nice when the starter does what you think he's going to do and plays well i, I don't know there's yeah. something especially in fitzpatrick's situation because he's been on what eight different teams and every time he's uh, just a stopgap. so it's so yeah. nice when he's like no young buck sit down i got this like i, I love seeing yeah. that yeah, that just reminds me of uh, Tyrod not yeah. getting the chance to do that this year. No, I know. that would. I was going to say, this is not on the rundown, but we did call that. We said after last week that you just got to give the job to Herbert. And I think like Friday they said, yeah, Herbert's having the job regardless, sadly. so It's so surprising how many people listen to this podcast. I mean, we're just- I know, right? We're just getting into everybody. Jeez. Speaking of Anthony Lynn, shout out. Yeah. Speaking of the <laughs> Cleveland Browns, obviously Baker Mayfield listens because after Girl. week one of this podcast, he told me to go fuck myself and he's been playing out of his mind. Oh, I shouldn't say he's been playing out of his mind. The Browns have been that? playing. The <laughs> okay. Browns have been playing out of their minds. First time they started. Stefanski listens to the podcast. Yes. That's what you mean. <laughs> Which we'll get into later with the quick hits as well, but. The Browns starting four and one, first time since 1994. Colts who have this, we talked about it on the other than week one when they had that um, out of nowhere loss to the Jags. The Colts have had the number one defense in the NFL going into yep. this game, and Cleveland made them look. I wouldn't say stupid. I mean, I would say Cleveland. I mean, uh, the Colts held their own, man. This was a game uh, with two quarterbacks that really didn't want to win because they both had two picks. It's just one had two touchdowns and one had an intentional grounding in the end zone for a safety. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> I was it's, and the Colts held uh, Hunt to less than four yards of carry. Yeah. And then um, obviously we all know Nick Chubb is out. Uh, Dearness Johnson. Yeah. Four yards of carry. He only had eight attempts, though. Uh, Baker Mayfield with a couple of scrambles. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. did not have that big 50-yard jet sweep this week. <laughs> uh, only had one attempt for negative one yards. But um, Cleveland pulled out a win. And it's like you said, it's almost like Phillip Rivers wanted nothing to do with it. Um, yeah. That pick at the end of the game, uh, just very Philip River. Classic. Phillip, yeah, classic Philip Rivers. Classic. I don't know how many times I've had him as my fantasy quarterback, and it's like a late game against Denver, and he just throws one up in his interception. I'm like, come on! <laughs> Miles Garrett looked fantastic oh on the defensive gosh. line. Uh, he had a total of five quarterback hits, including one sack. 
he's just it's it, it's taking people two and three guys to block him too. So that's yeah. opening everything up for everyone else on the defense. Um, I was definitely surprised that Cleveland, I know they have all those weapons, but I mean, the Colts, like we said, going into this game, are the number one defense in the NFL, you know, if you take week one out of it. And yeah, I mean, Cleveland looked good. I was, I was wrong. I will now admit it. Um, <laughs> you know, I said at week one that I didn't think it was going to work. I think that they were overhyped again, but I was wrong. So. Yeah, I think the Colts issue this game was uh, what I was alluding to when we were talking about the Vegas and Josh Jacobs. They abandoned the run way too early. Way too John early. John Taylor had 12 carries and was averaging 4.75 yeah, 4, 4. yards a carry. Like, why does he only have 12 carries and Phillip Rivers has 33 attempts? Like, put the ball in the hand of the best player on the field. Sorry, Philip. You're not the best player on the field at this time with your 18 kids. All right. Well, all right, buddy. <laughs> and I completely understand like what you're saying because it, it bothers me too, because I, I know that the NFL now is a lot of run and gun, you know, let's throw it up 30 something times. And I know it's not old school football anymore, but it's like, you're saying like a 4.8 yards, a touchdown, but only 12 carries. So you're going to put the ball in the hands of Philip Rivers, who I agree with people who say he's, he was at one point a great quarterback statistically, but there's a reason why Philip Rivers never could get over the hump. Yeah. Because he would do Philip Riversy things and <laughs> throw picks late in the game. And I hate, I hate being like, Oh, well, that guy's not any good. Cause like I tout every single week, it's the NFL. Everyone's good. But I think Phillips good. I think Phillips better than Eli, but he just has an ability to not get out of his own way. Yeah, exactly. I think he puts too much on his back and he's like, hey, I'm going to do this. This is going to be my win. And then he throws a pick. He forces something, throws a pick or turnover on downs or something. Quarterback. Who? Oh, I'll get to him later. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was uh I was shocked, honestly. I picked I picked the Colts in this game even though it was at Cleveland. I, I just thought their defense was gonna hold Baker. And but like I said, Baker had probably an average game. You know, he didn't look fantastic. He had those two interceptions. He got, you know, he got sacked, you know, he only got sacked the one time, but still he was hurried a bunch, you know, he was hit three times. He he looks uncomfortable at times in the pocket, if you you know what I mean? Like he looks like Yeah. A little too fidgety, yeah. a little too rushy. Which I'll get to on a couple on another quarterback later, but it's just <laughs> it's just like you got to relax, man. And I know it's so quarterback. Uh, what is it? Monday morning quarterbacking. Monday morning yeah. quarterbacking. To be like, dude, you had a pocket. Just step up in the pocket. <laughs> but when you've got when you can run, especially when you're a younger quarterback and you know you can run, it's so easy to want to be like, ah, I'm out of here. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, get a little antsy in the pocket, feeling the breath on your neck like, I got to get it. Yeah. Even yeah. sometimes when it's not there, like the pocket, the pocket will a yeah, lot of times we reform. About when we talked about um uh your boy Darnold uh feel, seeing ghosts, feeling yeah. ghosts, just getting getting jittery even if something's not there, you just you get the you're yips. just nervous. Yep, you get yeah. the yips. You just been popped too many times that you're like, this is not a safe place. <laughs> So I want to let the listeners in. Um, so Joe and I are trying to make strides to make the show a little bit more streamlined. 
So instead of going through <laughs> every single game the in depth the way we uh, were doing before, we're going to do um, a four or five big games that we really wanted to talk about. And then we're going to do one more round, which is just going to be kind of a quick hit on a few other games. Um, so go ahead. Uh, I'm going to actually, I'm going to start it off. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. What? What the it's shit? It's time for one more round. I didn't know you had a sounder for this already. I had a sounder. Right when I came up with the name, I was like, I have to find something. I think there's a movie somewhere. Has to be a Rocky movie because round, round. Yeah. One more round. Um, so we're going to do it this way. Uh, we both have written two down a piece. We're only that person's only going to answer. We're going to ask the question to the other so we can go fast. Brennan, Bre- Brady, fourth down debacle. Go. I think what this shows is um, the one thing that disappointed me about this entire thing is Brady is the first person on the field to chastise his teammates, screaming out the offensive line, you know, start headbutting people and everything like that. And to not know that it was fourth down, there's no arguing he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but to not know it was fourth down and then not even address it, um, that showed a lot of character. Um, to me, or excuse me, lack thereof, because to not even step up and be like, that was my fault. That was my bad. You're, you're fine screaming at everybody else and embarrassing them. Grown men, embarrassing grown men on the field when they make a mistake. But you made one of the most boneheaded mistakes of your entire career and you couldn't even step up. Um, I don't think this shows anything. I don't think this is, oh, Brady's too old or Brady's washed or anything like that. I think it was just a mistake. See now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's that, <laughs> even though his wife has mentioned that he's had more concussions than he's let on. But I, mm. I think this is just, for me, the reason I put it in here and wanted to address it was because this was just, this was upsetting to see. I think he could have really spoken volumes, uh, if he would have just said, yeah, my bad. Um, but no, you can embarrass these grown men on the field, but then you can't take responsibility for, Losing track of downs, and you've been playing for 20 years, not including college and high school and everything like that. So that's all I wanted to say about that. All right. Joe, we (laughs) the (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles versus Claypool and go. Rookie Chase Claypool. Sorry, I jumped the gun there. Rookie Chase Claypool lit us up for four touchdowns, one rushing, three receiving. Um, the Eagles, honestly, we didn't look terrible in this game, even though our offensive line is still a shit show. Um, Miles Sanders had a 74-yard 70, run, and then we only ran the ball 10 other times, and he only got six other yards on that. But still, that's a total of 11 carries for the day. Stop abandoning the run. You had one 74-yarder. Maybe he could break another Big run if you get him the ball a couple more times. Uh, I would have liked to seen them go for it on the fourth and five in Pittsburgh's territory because I am so accustomed to Doug being that aggressive yep. uh, play caller. But instead, he went for a 57-yard field goal, which is makeable for Jake Elliott. But was it this time? And uh, apparently, I've learned his name, Travis Fulgham, is our best receiver because he had 10 catches for 153 yards. Who the fuck is Travis Fulgham? (laughs) Where are all my receivers that we signed and drafted 
I'm looking at you, Jalen Rieger. I'm looking at you, Alshon Jeffries, who has not dressed out once this year, uh, who we tried to trade last year, didn't trade, and just kept him on the team, or paying him just to be on IR, but he's not on IR. I don't understand it. And Deshaun Jackson, where you at, bro? Where you at, bro? Jag, Jag season seems to be over. All right. Um, I wanted to bring this up because, um, again, another another throwaway game. Uh, the final score is not how the game went. If anybody watched the game, <laughs> uh, we uh, were in the red zone four times. We left points on the board in the red zone. Defense missing th- their three best players, uh, two of which are captains. Um, still got two picks against Deshaun Watson, who I would rate up there as a top, uh, probably a top tier, if not a s- right in that top tier, second tier quarterback range. Um, playing against quote unquote scrubs and backups, uh, still got two picks. Um, had great field position. Hauschka, formerly of Seattle, got cut today, um, because he missed, uh, two field goals. I think it was 28 and 32, um, which would have turned the game around. Cause like I said, that final score was not how the game was going. Um, and it was, I, I'm so I can watch. I was talking to my girlfriend about this. I can watch any other game objectively. I can watch any other team and add, take notes and be like, Oh, they messed up on this. They did that wrong and stuff. But when it comes to my teams, I'm way too overly passionate. I get way too <laughs> invested to the point where it physically makes me angry and ill to watch these screw ups to miss a 28 yard field goal. And Hauschka's not a scrub. Like he's a good, he was a good kicker, but it's just, it, it's incredibly frustrating, but I'm not going to keep carrying this torch of. they're going to be great this year. Like I was at the beginning of the season, especially after that Colts win, I still have faith in the team. Again, I preach it all the time. These are all NFL players. They're all good. I just, I can't keep putting myself through this because I literally was like (laughs) throwing stuff in my house when they were dropping balls. And this is what I wanted to bring up. Just last thing real quick, the Baker Mayfield thing we were talking about earlier, how he seems kind of jittery, Sam Darnold Minshew at the beginning. It was, it was a breath of fresh air that he would get out of the pocket and take off. But now he seems like that's all he wants to do. Mm. He literally, when he gets the ball, he does this weird thing where he's scanning the field and then it's always like a dink or a dunk or he takes off. And then like, sometimes he takes off and then someone will get open and he'll throw it, you know, 40 something yards down the field, which he did in this game, but uh, uh, he doesn't look comfortable. And I think that boils down to, he doesn't have faith in the offensive line, um, which I've been saying our offensive line is a problem for the last two, two and a half years now. So I just, I'm not going to keep coming on this podcast and preaching that we're going to turn it around. I'm still a diehard fan and anybody who follows the Twitter at cheering press, I said it, (laughs) I'm ride or die, but it looks like it's going to be die at this point. Speaking of. Same thing you said for my Eagles. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of, you, you're really good about not. Freaking! I don't know if you freak out on the inside and just don't show it, but I'm. I freak out on the. Did you just hear me yell at all my grown no, men receivers? That's true. You did do that. It's just because I get so much louder. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, I get mad during the game. After the game, I'm like, uh, I'm like, uh, finally it's over. Give yeah, I scotch. do the same thing. Like when I'm watching it, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then when it's over, I'm like, man, that was a tough loss. I was gonna say before we get to the next one. Quick story about me freaking out in the middle of a game when I was still living in Jacksonville. The Eagles were playing the Cowboys. Um, Sean Lee, Sean Lee, yeah, the, that was the middle linebacker, right? Yeah, he had got hurt, and as usual, he got he got as usual he had got hurt, 
And then the Eagles proceeded to lose that game. I went downstairs to my car, grabbed my bat out of my car, and just started hitting my mattress to the point where my roommate came in and was like, what the fuck are you oh doing? Oh, my God. Okay, good. So I'm not the only one who acts like this. Sometimes because my girlfriend used to be a season ticket holder for the Jags, and then she said she had to stop because she would get really invested and you know, it would be heartbreaking to watch them lose. And so I'm living in this house now with someone who's like, you know, she'll look at the score and stuff, but she doesn't follow it as closely as she used to. Mm. And so I always feel like a psycho because I'm like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? Yeah. No, but no, I get I get way too jacked up about it. And that's why we host a sports podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> speaking of ride or die, speaking of someone or who die. almost very seriously could have died a, a year and a yeah. half ago, Alex Smith. Alex man. Smith, man. Alex Smith, man, as uh, affectionately called by uh, Pablo Torre on ESPN Airwaves, uh, he he made his way onto the field uh, this past weekend. It was his first game back in like two seasons, and uh, his reward for that was to face the front four of the Rams <laughs> and uh, More and specifically Aaron Donald, yep. <laughs> who got three sacks on him of his four. Uh, Kyle Allen, who they put in in place of Dwayne Haskins, who didn't show up to the game because he was feeling squeezy or something. Uh, he was the emergency third quarterback. No heart. He just didn't come to the, the ballpark. Ballpark? Stadium? Yeah, stadium. stadium. No heart. Uh, ballpark is baseball. Um, and yeah, Alex Smith went uh, nine for 17. He threw 37 yards. Um, there were beautiful cutaways to his wife and children clapping, happy that he was on the field. But other than that moment, uh, I didn't want to see him on the field. I had said all year long that, that he, you know, when he got back and he was going to get active, I was like, he'll come in at the end of a win, take a knee, just like a nice little ceremonial thing. I did not think he was going to get put in a game, get tossed around like a rag doll for six sacks and not even throw the ball more than 50 yards. Dude, did you see that? There was that one play where Aaron Donald got through and like went to make the tackle. Rode him like a fucking cowboy. Yeah. And I was so, <laughs> when I saw that, I was so, I was scared. Cause I was like, that's a I lot like, of weight the on, on that bad leg. leg. Yeah, I was yeah. like, holy shit. And uh, for those that don't know, Alex Smith had uh, he had a Theismann situation where he had a compound fracture in his leg, taken to the hospital, had surgery, had numerous infections, ended up having 17 surgeries, potentially was going to have to get his leg amputated, potentially uh, had went into a coma, and they suspected he could pass away potentially. So it was a big deal for him to get to the field, but I will be happy if they never let him back on the yeah, field. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 great that he got back, but it's one of those things where it's just, you got to think about your long-term health at one point. And I know yeah. he wants to play. Most players do, uh, but... And, I mean, to his credit, unlike Jimmy Garoppolo, that's what you want from your quarterback. Yeah. You want the guts and the guile to you know want to get back on the field, but at some point... Somebody needs to yeah, tap someone, you on the yeah, shoulder and be, like, Come and on, be like, hey, man, I don't know if this is I don't know if this is the right thing. Well, and to that's do, the thing, buddy. too, is he even said after the game, like he was feeling good, like he, he you know, wasn't his best performance, but he was glad he got out there. And like to the point we were making earlier, like he strapped what as soon as he saw that Kyle Allen take that hit and he thought he was going in. Yeah. It was time to play. There was no, yeah. oh, but my leg, but my leg. Like he was like, all right, let's go. And he this took the sacks like a man for. and he, he went in there to play. <laughs> 
Um, I know we didn't talk about it earlier. Uh, we wanted to save it. I've got a whole walk off about it and we're going to talk about it now, but we've been kind of, this was a great segue. Yes. And Joe had a fantastic segue. Speaking of compound fractures and horrific leg injuries, Dak Prescott, uh, dislocated ankle compound fracture had emergency surgery. Um, immediately, uh, that night, um, yeah, taken to the Sunday night, taken to the hospital, underwent surgery. It was said that the surgery went well, but as we learned from the Alex Smith, um, uh, two years ago, you know, we'll see what happens. Problem is with those compound yeah. fractures when the bone breaks the skin, it's very susceptible to infection. Infections, yeah. So, um, I wanted um, to- before we get into the questions we have posed here, yeah, I want to ask you. How did you learn of this? How did you see? Did you see it? Yeah. How did you, how did this come into your zeitgeist? So I was at um, work. You know, full disclosure, a lot of people know that I work, especially on the weekend. So I lo- I watch a lot of the highlights and I record. Same. Yeah, and I record a lot of the games and I'll, I'll fast forward through them just to kind of get the gist of most of the games. But um, at this one, when it happened, I was at work and I went up to the bar to get a drink, and there was a collective gasp at the bar. And I looked up because we have TVs in the bar and I looked up and they showed the immediately following the injury. They showed the replay that one time Mm. that they showed the replay when you know what I mean? Like they showed it right after the and I watched it literally seconds after it happened. I watched the live replay and I I didn't really know what to feel when he points down at his ankle and he's like waving him over and pointing at his ankle. I so much and i my entire walk off is around this so i'm not going to burn it but i just yeah i saw it in real time to answer your question i saw it in real time and was had a d- big mix of emotions yeah i'm not a fan of watching like gr- gross gruesome injuries but i was so confused cuz i too was at work <clears throat> and i had the game playing on my phone i had red zone playing on my phone and I had a customer come in, so I was helping the customer. And then right after, I took the, my headphone off my ear. So right when I put my headphone back on my ear, all I hear is Scott Hansen talking like a fucking president just got shot in the most solemn voice. Uh, we're really sorry. I'm like, what the fuck did I just miss? Yeah. So I go to my phone, which is in the back charging, <clears throat> and my WhatsApp is blown up from all my buddies like, oh, my gosh, Dak, his leg, da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, what just happened? They're like, Dak's ankle is just done. Gone. So I was like, fuck, I have to look this up, I guess. And oh, I go so to Twitter. You, oh, no. I went to Twitter. And I pull it up and I see, I see it from the, um, from the regular TV angle before they zoom in or anything yeah. like they did in the replay. So I see where it's about to happen and I just turn my head and I'm like, all right, I got the, I got the picture. Yeah. I don't really need to see it, see it. I just need to be aware of it. And yeah, it's just fucking, uh, I remember fucking Louisville, Kevin Ware's injury. Uh, oh, yeah. Alex Smith from two years ago, Joe Theismann, I've seen that. Um, Gordon Hayward from a couple years back. Uh, Who was Paul the tight George. end that happened a couple years ago? Uh, I think it was for the Steelers uh, or something, wasn't I it? I can't remember. Was but. it? Was it? Was it James? James? James um, Jones? Fuck. James? No, 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 not no. James Jones. It was a JJ name though. Yeah, the, it was like <clears throat> the old West gunslinger, the big white tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I can't remember something James or James something. Uh, anyway, I just, yeah, it was, I mean, it's a devastating injury. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often in football with it being a fast-paced collision Honestly. sport. But, um, 
we had I I wrote down two questions. Uh, obviously, the the probably the most callous question, but was the, it Heath Miller? Yes, I think so. Okay, so that's the other tight end for Heath them. Heath Miller, or I can't remember. Keep going. Sorry, but I'm sorry. Uh, but Jesse James. Jesse is James. Where I was thinking of. Um, but it's the I most it's it the most callous question. Uh, but it's the most obvious one. Dak Prescott has been in a contract dispute this whole year. He was under the franchise yes. tag. Um, Jerry Jones is a very emotional owner and GM. So I don't know if it happens on any other team, you would think in a weird, sick, twisted way, there would almost be this sigh of relief. Like, thank God we didn't just pay him $150 million. Um, so the first question is, do you think he will still get paid? Okay, so I I hope one I hope he gets paid because I've said it before I'm always for the player getting paid, um because the guys are putting their lives on the line. Obviously, um you had a uh, what was his name the Steelers D D line uh linebacker linebacker Ryan um, Shazier Ryan Shazier yeah who had to walk away from the game. Um, I think he'll be paid in, but he won't get paid what he was potentially asking for. They'll probably franchise him again next year, which gets him from 30 to 37 mil. And then from there, if his performance is up to par, if he looks halfway decent, he'll become a free agent. And um, he'll end up like a uh, Kirk cousin where somebody, if not the Cowboys, somebody's going to give him uh, some amount of money to be on their team. Obviously. Oh, see, I, I disagree. Hopefully he gets healthy. I think you disagree. Yeah. I think that the, the, the Cowboys, because Jerry Jones is an emotional guy, and he he he's got a big heart for all the shit everyone talks about him. Obviously, he didn't fire Jason Garrett for like a million years because he was married to his like niece or something like that. But Jerry Jones has a oh no, I think you were talking about. Oh, sorry to cut you off. I think you were talking about um the Brown, the Bears tight end. Yes, who had caught a touchdown yeah, 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 and had his yeah, yeah, yeah. knee like explode. Oh fuck! Sorry. I love how Tangents. we're not going to let this go until we figure it out. <laughs> yeah, no, that is exactly who I was go. thinking about. That is exactly right. I can't remember the name though. But um, Zach Miller. Who? Zach Miller. Okay. Zach Miller. Yeah, he broke his leg on a play. Oh, Dislocated his knee. Pictures. Why are you watching oh, that? I'm not doing shit. that. I wasn't watching it. They had pictures of it. A still shot of it. I didn't notice until I looked down. <laughs> I think Jerry found gonna... his name, and then there was the first image. Damn it. I think Jerry is going to use this, not as an excuse, but as a show of good faith, I think he's going to pay him. I think he's going to be able to pay him not nearly as much as Dak would have wanted, but I think Dak's going to take it because it's going to be some sort of security. So I think he gets paid. Um, I don't think they're going to franchise him again. That's just, especially with really? the cap going down, that's that's too much of a hit. If the cap drops to 175 like they think, you can't have one player that's not even going to play at $40 million almost. You know what I mean? That's No, he'll play. Um, I mean, I hope he'll play. But they say um, the recovery on this is four to six months. Oh, I saw six to eight. Okay, I, was, I think I'm seeing a different number. I also had saw six to 12. So I was, And then I saw four to six. I was like, oh, that's a little more uh, bright side up, I guess. Well, I mean, this takes us right into the next question. Do you think even if he does stay with the, it doesn't matter career where he out goes. of it, doesn't matter where he goes. Do you think he'll ever be the same? Um, the same as a player? Um, maybe. I mean, it, it's a mixed bag. No, um, like it's, I was it's saying no. Earlier, you can't be the same. It's no. You think it's no? I, I don't think after an injury like that, because I mean, 
I didn't mean to cut you off. It's but not a compound. It's not a compound fracture in the leg. It's just his ankle. You can't. I was going to say, if his ankle gets, I was going to say, if you've I seen a mixed bag. your ankle Let like me that. finish. Let me finish. <laughs> I was going to say, it was a mixed bag with Gordon Hayward when he broke his ankle. He hasn't come back to be the same player as of yet um, that we saw at the end of his Utah run. But Paul George had a compound fracture and he's gotten back to the 20 plus point a game player. Um, so I think it's all up to the player. Do I think Dak has the willingness to go back out there, attack everything at the same veracity um, that he has so far? I, I Nothing in his character showed me he's not. I think he'll work as hard as he can to get back to who he was. I don't think he's going to be the same player, but I think he will get back to uh, being a serviceable starting quarterback. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly about Dak's character and his drive to want to get there. Um, I completely agree with that. But what I'm just saying is just physically, I don't think – because like we talked about earlier, as a quarterback, your lower body is really important for accuracy and driving the ball down the field and stuff. And Dak likes to run around every once in a while. So I just think – I think mentally he'll be there, but I don't think physically he will be the same player. Yeah, it's going to take – it's going to take – that's why I say – uh, they, I think they'll franchise him versus just sign him outright because it's going to take a year to get over that mentally to make your body do the same things that you're used to doing to get comfortable and relaxed in those situations. I just think it's too much of a cap hit, especially if the cap goes down to to franchise him. Yeah, that's all. I think, and I think Jerry Jones is a good-hearted guy. I mean, all the you know. Despite I'm when it comes to football, I don't 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 at me with like no, <laughs> no, no I, I, he did I, I this deal or that deal. But I think he takes he tries said, to take care of his players. Other than fucking Demarco Murray, he's taking care of most of his players. Yeah, other than DeMarco and then Murray. actually, was Demarco Murray's a running back, and DJ Jerry Jones is a paid running back. Oh wait, <laughs> Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we, you know, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, man. I know it's an empty, hollow thing to say, and everyone makes yeah. fun of it, but I, I don't know what else to say about Dak, man. I hope I just I hope he gets better. I wish you well. Yeah, I'm wishing him well. We wish you well here at Cheers from the Press Box. Moving on to the NBA Finals, Game 5, or excuse me, Game... Game 6. Game 6, yeah, sorry. I'm, Do you want to talk about Game 5? Game no, 5. Uh, it's been it a while a since we talked game. last. <laughs> uh, so, game 6, NBA Finals. Know, folks, Lakers win uh, it. Go ahead. Take it away, Joe. Finally, finally, I can sleep on every third day. I don't have to be up until 1 o'clock. Because the NBA Finals are over. The Lakers have won. LeBron has captured his fourth title. LA is title town again. They have now matched the Celtics for 17 total. 12 in LA. Um, I don't know why they count the Minnesota <laughs> ones. It's the same franchise. <laughs> um, so Oklahoma City's got to win too? Huh? Oklahoma City? The 1979 Supersonics? Oklahoma City? I don't know. Maybe we need to go check their record books. They probably do. No, I'm saying the Supersonics won it in the 70s, but Oklahoma City's yeah, not claiming I'm saying, that. Okay. They don't? No. That's their fault. Oh, come on. You can't possibly <laughs> think. I don't want to go off on this tangent. I just <laughs> don't think. If what do you mean? You're not in the same city anymore. And I don't know why you would recognize this. So, anyway, so, continue. I, I cut you off. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. You want to fight this fight. When the Baltimore Colts left Baltimore and went to Indianapolis, they brought their records. This, okay. On the flip side, 
Cleveland Browns, when the Ravens left to go be the Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland said, we're keeping our records, we're keeping our name, we're keeping everything here, and we will eventually will get a team again. But that was because they knew they were going to get a team again. I think Seattle's going to get a team again. I don't know. It's just weird to be like, oh, yeah, we won 17 titles, but five of them were in a different city that we no longer have anything to do with. I think that's weird. Well, if that's the case, why are they the Lakers? There's no lakes in L.A. I know. Change, they should have changed the name. They can't now. <laughs> I mean, after the Showtime Lakers, you can't change it. But I don't know. I just think it's, Don't you think that's well, weird? It's weird, but if it's fucking status quo, then it's status quo. Okay. Sorry. All right. I so tied help. the Celtics, 17 record. Tied the Celtics with 17. LeBron, uh, the, honestly, the, he, the Lakers wasted the LeBron game. Uh, the LeBron game was actually game five when LeBron went off for 40. And I believe hit six of eight threes. Uh, let me just get this real fast. Six of nine threes. Like, you can't waste that performance. But Jimmy Butler... To his credit, to Brennan's credit, his favorite player in this series um, earned a ton, a ton, a ton of respect from, I'm pretty sure, everybody who watches sports, watches basketball, watches the finals by putting up a stat line of 35, 12, and 11. I said after game three that he can't have another 40-point triple-double game. Just take this one. It's nice to have forever you'll have that one you stole. I was wrong. He gave us a fucking another one, and it was glorious to watch. I joked with my buddies uh, watching that game five was like having sex. I was on the ground just (laughs) I was sweating. That game was so fucking great. Back and forth, back and forth. Oh my god, just giving their best shots like fucking, like I think Mark Jackson said, like they're fucking title fighters. It was so amazing to watch. But then late game six, Lakers just came in. That was the craziest thing to me. Um, in game six, LeBron had another awesome game. And yeah. in my head, I could almost see like LeBron looking at Jimmy like, I do this all the time. Like, what's up? Yeah, exactly. That's like, the thing. Wait, That's you want to be on my level? Then come be on my level. We're going to do this for all seven games. You only got LeBron two? can give you that every night yeah. somehow. That's it, why I'm still amazed by him. I said it a couple weeks ago. We got to stop referring to things we said weeks ago. Yeah. But, uh, he's 35, but he's still in the best shape. He's the best player out on the floor because he can do this night in, night out. Yep. And game six was all about defense. The Lakers shut the heat down. It was a big moment for Hero. I think he got a lot of experience. I just don't think he was right for the moment. Um, you no. know what I mean? He's a young guy. Yeah. So uh, Young kid, 20 years old. Yeah. So, um, but God, they. I remember at one point, I think they were up like 29 in the second yeah. quarter. And I was like, Jeez. It was getting it was getting unwatchable. I, I've heard a lot of people say like they just turned it off. I watched the whole thing because I just like watching basketball. Yeah, and the um, final score was a lot closer than it was at the half. Yeah, but. I was about to say in the second half, the Lakers, or the Lakers, the Heat did get it to a, a more manageable margin, but it got up to thirty six at one. And point, I mean, they won two looked, games when everyone thought they were going to get swept, insane. so they had nothing more to prove. Yeah, no, and I mean. To their credit, in that game five, Jimmy played like 47, 46 minutes yeah. or something to the point where you see now he has an iconic photo when like he makes the layup and one and just rests on the fucking uh, little stanchion over there. Yeah. And then after his press conference, you see him like struggling to walk off the goddamn podium like they gave their all that game five was 
I, I know I said it for game three, but that game five was their championship. They gave them the best shot they had. The Lakers, like we had said going into that game, they were going to put on their black Mamba jerseys, Mamba Mamba Cita jerseys, yep. basically saying, we're going to win this. It's over. Let's move on. And the Heat said, no, 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 no. You got to deal with us one more time, buddy. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was a really good series. I really, you know, I really enjoyed it. I wanted to ask you, with the Heat being so young, other than you know a couple of their older veteran players, do you think? Uh, man, I'm talking about Robinson and Hero. When I say young, do you think the Heat are going to be a team yeah, to watch out Bam. for? Yeah. Do you think the Heat are going to be a team to watch out for next season? Um, most definitely. I mean, going into this season, I thought they were going to be, um, I didn't know they were going to be make it to the finals, but I thought they would be a top four seed and they were the fifth seed. Well, I mean, especially yeah, with remember the, though, we saw Toronto, yeah, Celtics, but, uh, um, Brooklyn's going to be coming back. You gonna let me finish the? I'm sorry. Answering the question, <laughs> I was saying I thought they would be a top four team. They were a fifth seed. Um, but this experience, I think, this will help them immensely. Um, I I I don't ever have faith in the Sixers. Um, I don't know what Toronto's gonna look like, especially in the playoffs. Because as we saw, the regular season is different from the playoffs because. When people can hone in on your key players and your rotation gets shorter, Toronto was trying to rely on Pascal Siakam now that Kawhi was gone and he couldn't fill that void. He was better in the prior year being the number two, getting uh, played less on and having more space to create versus now being the number one and people keying in on him and Ding him up, giving them their his bet their best shot night in, night out. Yep. Um, whereas Jimmy has now proven that. He can he he, he I, I said it. he's not the best player because he can't do it every night. But if you surround him with enough guys and he doesn't have to do it every night, but give you certain nights where I'm going for 30, 30 plus, he's gonna he's gonna give you twenty five plus and he's the smartest I said it before, he's the smartest person on the floor with that team. So um, I think they're going to be a team to watch out for. I don't know where they're going to end up being seated because, like you said, Celtics can get better potentially. Uh, the Nets are going to get better with uh, Kyrie and Durant. See how that uh, plays out because Kyrie's not the greatest teammate. Um, Understatement of the century. <laughs> um, we'll see what Doc River does with uh, the Sixers in that lineup that has so many deficiencies because they have nobody who can shoot and they have somebody who doesn't even want to attempt to shoot the most annoying player in the league, Ben Simmons. Try to take a three-point shot so the inside is not clogged up, you fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> That's how you really feel, I'm Jeff. Even, I'm not even a fan of that team. I'm just annoyed by him playing ugly basketball. Um, but, um, yeah, no. The, and plus, we got to see where Victor Oladipo is going to go because there's a lot of talk that the Heat might end up getting some of these uh, big players. So... Well, let's roll yeah, it right into the next this, question. I'll Who do you got next year in the NBA Finals? Um, I feel like this is a bad question, man. You know what I'm going to say. I got the Denver Nuggets. One more year on my guy, Michael Porter Jr. Paul Millsap, thanks a lot, but peace out, homie. We're going to re-side Jeremy Grant. Jeremy, you better not ask for a max, because if you ask for a max, we're not going to sign you, my guy. All right? We're going to get a couple key guys for the uh, bench. We're getting Will Barton back. Gary Harris, defensive stopper. Get him healthy. Get Jamal healthy from that bone bruise. Keep Jokic at, at this weight and not let him balloon back up. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go to the fucking finals, man. We're good. Who do you got out of the we, East? Out of the East. 
Ah, I don't know. The East is a crapshoot. I'd have to see some of the teams. Um, I'd like to see what the Bucks are going to do with Giannis because there's talks that they could potentially trade him if he doesn't want to resign. Um, and then the roster construction of that team. Um, I think a big thing was a big thing with them was letting Malcolm Brogdon go, and he proved yeah. himself with Indiana. Um, so they need another guy who can create their own shot. They gave Eric Bledsoe that money, and Eric Bledsoe is too small and can't get his own shot consistently. So um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting out of the East. I'm going to say the Nuggets are going to win it all. I don't know who they're going to play, but whoever <laughs> they play, they're going to fucking beat them. We got Lakers, Celtics. Hey. Hey, I love the Nuggets as much as the next guy. Not you, but the Doesn't next guy. Doesn't sound like it. Doesn't sound like I'm it. Bet on the Nuggets. <laughs> no, I just think Lakers, Celtics. I think the Lakers. You know, they've only got this roster under construction for one more year, or under this like Not version even, for a uh, year. Andy Davis is a free agent now. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, he has an option, so he's yeah, probably going to opt out so he can yeah, get his money. Opt so. out, and then. So. All right. I, mean, I don't think he's going to leave, but technically, he's not under contract. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, well, that's the NBA talk. It's been a fun season. It's been a long ride. It's been a lot of basketball condensed into this, what was it, two, <laughs> two and a half month period? Three now, months? Yeah. Got back in July. Yeah. End of July. Yeah. So now NBA is over. Let's transition to a little NCAA football. I know you are not watching college football this year. Um, nope. Just a couple things I wanted to touch on, though. I don't know if you want to join me or... I'll pop in when I can. Okay. So there's no more defense in NCAA football at all. <laughs> um, it's, well, we thought it was going to be hard for uh, the pros to adjust with COVID. Yeah, these are... Well, it's been a lot of high-scoring games. Everyone used to always make fun of the, the Pac-12 about how, oh, it's just a bunch of... Well, they're of, consistently terrible. Alabama put up 63 against Ole Miss, who put up 48 on Alabama, who's always has one of the best defenses in, in the NCAA. Um, it's just... Some of these scores are crazy. Florida, Texas A&M, 38-41. to 41. Georgia put up 44 on an SEC defense in Tennessee. Notre Dame put up 42. That North Carolina-Virginia Tech game, 45-56. to 56. I don't know where... Jeez. I don't know what's going on. Texas, Oklahoma was a good old fashioned barn burner at 5345. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't like, I don't like these air raid I think, styles. I, I mean, Go ahead. I think it's a combination of the more spread offenses, but also, I mean, we've been saying it in the pros. It's, it takes a while for the defenses to get their footing, especially in this COVID structure. And I think the same can be said for some of these colleges. I mean, they're used to playing cupcakes early on to get their foot into everybody get together with the scheme and they're going straight out and playing the top teams in their conferences immediately. So it's going to take a while. By the time they get to the uh, conference finals, national championship, I think the defenses will be more intact. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I just, I mean, I know most people love offense. I just, these scores make it, make these games look, uh, yeah, that's insane. No, I I didn't see all those scores. You just read them off. Yeah, Saudi insane. It's it's <laughs> nuts. They look like basketball oh. scores. It looks like old school basketball scores <laughs> when people only do, you know always score Beat less than one hundred basketball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, COVID has postponed some more games. Um, I only put this on the slate because FAU had another game postponed due to COVID. Um. Mm. Bunch of positive tests for my Florida Atlantic Owls. So another game is postponed. So 
I saw another game, a bigger game, an SEC game was postponed as well. I missed it. Then. I think it was Vandy Mizzou. Oh, uh, was it? Uh, yeah, Vandy Mizzou first SEC game postponed due to the virus. Yeah, so I mean, obviously everyone knows COVID's gonna really fuck this season up, but it's just honestly, I didn't read the story, but I'm interested to know if it was Vandy or Mizzou that tested because if it's Mizzou. They just played LSU and beat LSU, mind you. Why, why um, am I looking at this where so, it says on the ESPN website, it's got Mizzou LSU, but it says Mizzou 41. It's got them highlighted as the winners, but it says LSU 45. Did I miss something? Or did they just uh, post that backwards? Probably. Or you're reading it backwards because, yeah, Mizzou won that game. No, it's got Mizzou highlighted, but it says they only scored 41 points and it says LSU scored 45. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, then they, they posted it backwards or something. Okay. I'm know. sorry. That's just, we kept talking about it and <laughs> it just kept throwing me off. I was like, what the hell? Well, because we have it listed here, LSU falls again, falling to Mizzou. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see with the contact tracing, um, wh- yeah. why that postponement is happening. I know my Florida Atlantic Owls have only, we're one and oh in week, going into week seven of the leader of the Sun Belt college, Conference USA. Sorry, 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 sorry. I do it every time. I'm so used to them being in the Sun Belt. Yeah, they used to be in the Sun Belt. So Division this One is like FBS Maryland program. being in the Big Ten. I'm used to them being an ACC team. I, know. I will die believing they're an ACC team. <laughs> I know. It's with all this conference movement, it's it's very confusing. And trust me, I, w- I went to school there and I'm still like, wait, what are we doing? Who we play against? <laughs> Yeah, Clemson. Nebraska's in the Big Ten. I know. I can't. Don't even. Supposed to be in the Big Twelve. Don't even get me started with them. Uh, Clemson rolls. Bama rolls. Uh, I mean, I guess if you want to call it rolling, like I said, Bama had a shit ton of points put up on them. Um, The uh, Clemson played against your uh, Miami Hurricanes. The only reason I bring it up, I know we won't linger on this because it was a pretty, pretty big loss, but. Miami he liked me. Why does he keep doing? I'm this sorry, to me? but Miami was. I honestly, gave, I gave it to you, man. I said Miami's back. This will be a huge test. It's going to be a great game. I stopped what watching. What did I tell you? You did. You said I'll see. I'll wait to see if Miami's back or not. I believe it when I see. Yep. I've gone up against Clemson too many times to know they are not to be trifled with. I had to live through that Al Golden fifty nine to zero or fifty eight to zero game. All oh right, God. I was ridiculed. I was in college for that. I could not live that down. Okay, <laughs> I will believe it when I see it. They haven't beaten Clemson since Clemson had Taj Boyd. I want to say. Oh my God, so, I remember those. Days. I'm not gonna ever. You say were right. Yeah, you were right. Until I, we can beat I, them. I told you because you're not watching college football. <laughs> I told you on the Discord that I'd keep giving you updates, and then after the second quarter, I fell asleep. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and the game ended, what, 47 to 14 or something like that? Something uh, I just had 42 it. 42 to 17. To 17 yeah. Ugh, so that's disgusting. basically everything I wanted to hit in the NCAA football. Um, we kind of, we had a bunch of uh, points here on the rundown, but I kind of just did it all in one fell swoop. Yeah, we got through those. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. You got the sounder ready? Ready. Let's do it. You'd be surprised how quick. And- quick. Neyman hits. Quick hit. All right, time, it is time for quick hits. Time for the quick hits portion where we will ask. We used to have a producer, rest in peace, out Greg, where we will <laughs> ask each other. Um, this week we've got four <laughs> questions. Uh, first question, Joe, what do you got for us on the MLB playoffs update? MLB playoffs. So, uh, from last week, the uh, the Rays beat the Yankees to move on to the championship series. 
the Dodgers beat the Padres, so you're still in contention for your full yep. uh, ending World Series. My Padres lost. Very upsetting. <laughs> Excuse me. Also, my Marlins lost. Um, very upsetting to the Bravos. And um, Houston, the black-hatted Houston Astros, beat those pesky Oakland A's to move on to the ALCS. And right now in the ALC in the ALCS, the Rays have taken a 2-0 lead. Um, and tonight I was the I first had that. game. Uh, we both had that. We yep. both said the Rays we, are going to make it. We both said the Rays. I believe right. we both right. had that. Thank you. Um, and actually, the Braves beat the Dodgers today 5-1 to take a 1-0 series lead. So uh, I did not have that. <laughs> I did not have that either. Um, that'll be interesting because I'm in Atlanta. So, yeah. All right, next. That's the MLB what? playoff picture. Yes. Next is a question from Brennan. What can we say about coaching in the NFL? Do we think new coaching staffs make a significant impact on teams? Yeah, I put this on here because um, it was interesting. Last year, the Browns had all this hype, and then, you know, they had Freddie Kitchens as their coach, didn't play very well. Mm-hmm. Then they get, you know, Stefanski in there. Now they're four and one. They've got this awesome record. It happened with the Bills, you know, a couple years ago. Now they're rolling. Um, happened with the Dolphins. You know, you get, you get a coach in there that can kind of, that is competent and knows what they're doing. The team all of a sudden can turn around in a big, bad way. So it was kind of a question I wanted to pose to you because I was hearing um, a lot of the different shows that I listened to and stuff. They were talking about like, oh, the Browns turned around. They've got Kevin Stefanski and they, you know, look what happened with Bill O'Brien and the Texans and then, you know, Quinn and the, the, the Falcons. <laughs> you know, once they lost that Super Bowl, they could never get it back together. The f- team no longer had faith in him. So I wanted to kind of ask you, because I know where I stand, but I wanted to ask you, do you feel like coaching makes a, a significant impact? I mean, just a few years ago, you had this coach that won a Super Bowl and everyone was all high on him. And now people are saying he's in the hot seat. So what is it? I think coaching does make an impact. Um, and but I think that impact can be lost with a few bad decision making. But coaching can make an impact. The team will take on the uh, persona of the coach if you're an aggressive uh, style coach. The team is going to be aggressive. They're going to play more aggressively. Um, we saw that with the Finns last year. Uh, everybody had them pegged to go 16 and 0. They traded Minka Fitzpatrick. They traded Lowe and Tunsil. Oh, and 16. They went 16 and 0. That would have been amazing. Oh, <laughs> 16. Oh, and 16. Um, and then, you know, they go out and win five games that nobody had them pegged to, uh, for. Uh, Dominic Foxworth at one point said, they're committing uh, malpractice because they're getting rid of so many of their good players and only keeping, quote-unquote, not the best players so they can tank. Um, and then you have the Browns, like you said, with Freddie Kitchens, who wasn't a good coach. He shouldn't have never been their head coach. No, I completely agree with you. I just wanted to get your take on it. I completely agree that the team takes yeah, on. No, I'm saying, like, he shouldn't have been the coach, and it was reflected in the way they played. They played like they had no coach. Yeah, and I just think sometimes fan bases think like, "Oh, fire all the you know, fire the coach, fire you know, do this, do that." But it goes back to what I talk about all the time, and it's like these are good players. Like you just got to find the person to unlock 
the, you know what I mean? Like unlock their yeah. potential. And it's, and that's exactly what happened with the Bills. The Bills were a dumpster fire. I mean, they always had a good defense, so I take that back. But the Bills offense looked like a dumpster fire. What was four years ago, five years ago? And now people are insisting Josh Allen be in the MVP race. And uh, two years ago, people thought he was just going to be, uh, what is, what is your, what do you say? What is his name? Bomani Jones. Yeah. What does he call him? Uh, Jaheim Allen. Yeah. People just thought he was going to be <laughs> Jaheim Allen and just run around and he would have no consistency or anything like that. So it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it, it's bizarre because I hear a lot of people calling for coaches heads and some of them already started to get fired this early in the season. And that's why I was just thinking about it. I was like, well, I wonder if, you know, people think that, that it makes that big of a difference. Cause I think it does. I think it makes well, all the difference. You, you said me, you, you, you brought him up. So I'll say something else. He said, um, that is Bomani Jones. And I'll refer to something Larry Bird said. Larry Bird said your max window as a coach is probably three years. I, your team is going to tune you out potentially after three years. If you're not good at your job. Um, and then Bomani Jones said every year, 75% of coaches, you can make a case to be fired because some coaches are just don't make that much of a difference to be kept around. Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. So you hold on to a good coach. You know when you have a good coach. You have Sean McVay in Los Angeles. You keep Sean McVay even though you didn't win. Dan Quinn looked like a flash in the pan. The team has started 0-5 for the first time since 1997. They look incompetent week after week, year over year since the 28 to three loss. And you he's a defensive coach. And they were getting exactly. blown out in the fourth quarter. The, 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 we didn't get to him, but the last two weeks, Matt Ryan didn't even throw a touchdown. I know. That's insane. You told <laughs> me before we started uh, recording some weird stat that he hasn't scored a touchdown. I think it was you or maybe it was a podcast I was listening to before. Okay, I don't think that was It was a podcast I was listening to before we got on. It was, they were talking about, I guess, Matt Ryan hasn't thrown a touchdown in his last like 30 drives. Jeez. Or something crazy like that, which is insane. But anyway, I just wanted to get your take on coaching because I I think coaching makes a huge difference. But I don't know. It's just I I feel kind of up in the air about it because sometimes when everyone like you lose two games and people are like, fire him, fire him. It's like, well, you know, maybe you want to give him some time to implement a system. But, yeah, I completely agree with that. Three years and let's move on if it's not going well. If you're not figured it out in that time, then it's kind of like, what what are we doing here? Yeah. (laughs) You had a question for me, Joe. I did. Uh, Because Michael Thomas was suspended for team discipline uh, on Monday for Monday Night Football. I was wondering, Brennan, have you ever fought a teammate? Yes. <laughs> okay, give me a story. So um, there's a lot of little skirmishes that happen at practice, you know, just puffing your chest out, like kind of that kind of stuff. That That happens all the time, offense versus defense. Offense, we always think of ourselves as the more refined, more intellectual of the team, and <laughs> the defense thinks that what defense is normally savages. So they don't like the way we talk down to them sometimes. Um, so those kind of things happen. Um, I do, as everyone knows who listens, I do stand up comedy and my big closing story is a hundred percent true story about how I got the scar on my forehead, which I got in a fight with a fellow teammate. I will not burn the entire this in high school or college. This is in college. I will not burn the entire Ooh. bit. Um, come see my stand up if you want to hear the full story. <laughs> but long story short, I um got into an altercation 
it kind of started as like a fun wrestling match and then kind of got more aggressive. And was I'll, this on the field or locker no, room? No, this was at a big party. Um, oh, the night wow. before the season started. Um, again, alcohol was involved. It went from playful banter to an argument to a full on fight. Um, and again, Man. I'm not going to burn the story because it's my big closer when yeah, I do no, stand up. But I didn't know. I didn't know. About that is this, how I got uh, this scar that for- runs down my entire forehead. I remember you telling me about the scar, but I forgot the part where yeah, it was from in a, a fight, with, fight a with a teammate. Yep. Ah. So, yes, I have I gotten into that a fight with a teammate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I've seen it happen. Um, and a lot of times, especially when it happens on the field, those are ones that, like, because this fight happened in the locker room, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, something like when that. When they happen on the field, they don't even get reported because it happens constantly. Yeah. But in the locker room, or outside of a lot the field of, space of play, for you to be away from each other. Yeah, so you have to want to fight that person. I take that from yeah. my personal experience. <laughs> uh, the last thing on quick hits I wanted to mention, as everyone knows, I'm a big AEW fan. Um, grow grew up as a big fan of wrestling. Chris Jericho of AEW fame right now. The walls of Jericho. The walls of Jericho. He celebrated thirty <laughs> Does years. Does he get to keep his name? I, oh, sorry, 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 cut you. No, off. he still goes by Chris I'm Jericho. Not- yeah. Wow, because I've I've heard a lot of people had to change their name. Yeah, I mean, like John Moxley had to change his name. A couple of the guys that just came in from the WWE that didn't get their contracts renewed had to change their names. But Chris Jericho is still Chris Jericho. He still goes by Chris Jericho. Yeah. So, um, he celebrated 30 years in pro wrestling, uh, this week, uh, or excuse me. Yeah. This week on AEW, um, which is insane to me, Joe. I don't really know if you even have ever watched wrestling, but I remember. I think you told me you did yes. when you were younger. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch wrestling when I was a kid. Yeah, so you That's know. That's why I know the walls of Jericho. Yeah, so you know Jericho. I remember when Jericho was a young hotshot just making his way, just making his name in the WWF back then. Yeah, I um, remember before so, that when he was in the WCW. Oh, I, yeah, I don't remember that. So you telling me he's been in the game now for 30 years. Yeah, he's been insane. in pro wrestling for 30 years, which is nuts because I was like, oh, my God, I remember watching him in the WCW when he first came around. Then he went to the WWF. Then it turned to the WWE. And now he is the staple figure for the AEW. So congratulations to Chris Jericho. I know we normally don't talk wrestling, but I wanted to bring that up because that is a huge milestone. No, I like Jericho. Uh, he's also been a guest uh, on Lebertard show more recently, um, a few times uh, throughout the past year and a half or so, um, because they kind of have a cool uh, relationship with uh, Tony Khan and promoting AEW. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and no, Jericho sounds like a good dude. I know he also has like a band he's been uh, having for forever. So, yeah, yeah, man, that's awesome for a guy who doing what he loves hasn't really tried to leave wrestling for uh, acting like a lot of other people. Um, that's dope as hell. And now he's the face of a whole organization. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations to Chris Jericho celebrating 30 years in wrestling. All right. All right. All right. Welcome to the big leagues. It is time for the walk-offs. There we go. Boom. Uh, who went first last week? I went first last week. You went first last week. All right. So, so I'm going to go buddy. first this week. Just to let all the listeners know and to all our new listeners, we end every show the same way. Uh, well, the second to last way. Try to win the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, 
We do the walk-off. Walk-off is going to be an essay on a topic. Um, there is no interruptions. There's open for discussion afterwards, but it is going to be the essay as written by the writer. So Joe and myself. So I'm going to go first this week. And I'm a really bad host because I did not pull it up, but it'll only take me a second. <laughs> You're fine, buddy. All good. This All was good. a good episode. Good. And we, Tell us the name. We Tell maintained us the name good this. time. We're not at an hour 50 like we normally are when we get to the walk-off. <laughs> All right. So my walk-off is called Next Man Up. All right. <clears throat> what happened to Dak Prescott late in the afternoon yesterday was devastating. My first thought, as it happened was a peculiar one, as mine often are. But I could not help but think about the scene in Jerry Maguire in which Jerry is talking to Rod Tidwell about his contract with the Arizona Cardinal Cardinals. They're going back and forth for a few lines. Then Rod's wife, Marjorie, chimes in with, you're going to reject that shitty contract. You're going to play out the rest of your existing shitty contract. And then you're going to go be a free agent next year. At first viewing, it seems that simple. Obviously, just wait until you can negotiate anew. But then Jerry chimes in with the heartbreaking reality that is professional sports. If you get hurt, then you get nothing. Now, this is a great heartfelt movie, so it worked out for all parties in the end. Spoiler alert. But as I've quoted before from The Shawshank Redemption, real life is no fairy tale. Truer words have never been spoken. Now, in the case of Dak Prescott, whom today is recovering from a ber- uh, from emergency surgery, still without a long-term contract from Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. This whole series of events set my brain into a tailspin thinking about one simple phrase in sports, next man up, or next woman up, as the case may be. It is a relatively basic concept, which is that everyone on that level which you are competing is not separated by an overabundance of skill or talent, that it comes down to opportunity and execution. This idea rings true not only in sports, but in all facets of life. But with this being a sports podcast, let's stick to sports. And in sports, there is a huge plethora of examples. So more specifically, the recent past of the NFL. Yesterday, Dak was replaced by early second round pick, three-time pro bowler and playoff regular Andy, the Red Rocket Dalton. In his relief of Dak, he and the Cowboys held on to win against the, an albeit a bad New York Giants team. This whole concept of next, this is the whole concept of next man up at its best. It happens more often than a casual fan probably realizes. Everyone knows about Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl after Carson Wentz went down during his MVP run. Also, Minshew Mania the following year after Nick Foles went down in Jacksonville. But these injuries, like Dak, happened to the most important position in all of professional sports, an NFL quarterback. Did you know, on a weekly basis in the NFL by midseason, all 32 teams run without their full 22 starters active, offense and defense. For example, the Patriots had eight opt-outs for this season, including two defensive stars, but have played very well, even with a brand new system, excuse me, even with a brand new quarterback in the system. The Jags were missing their top three players on defense this past week, including two defensive captains, and still managed to force a great quarterback into Sean Watson to throw two interceptions. Not that it mattered. Everyone talks about the Eagles being devastated at the wide receiver and skill positions, but Travis Fulgham put on a clinic this week, lighting up the lockdown defense of the Steelers. It seems that in most cases, 
a team can stay afloat for a while using this next man up idea. Sometimes those players are thrust into the spotlight and blossom and become household names. But why does it take an injury for them to become discovered? It comes back to what we've always been saying, opportunity and execution. They were given an opportunity and they executed it with great ability. Other times they do crumble under the pressure, but alas, that's what makes sports, sports. I am both anxious and saddened by the injury to Dak. And I find the timing of it to be even worse for his long-term financial security for him and his family. But the games will continue to be played and the Cowboys will still try to make a run. With football being as violent as it is, injuries will continue to be a part of the game as they are in all sports. So it will always beg the question, who is the next man up? That is my walk-off. Solid. <clears throat> solid, 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 buddy. Gave a bunch of shout-outs um, to Philly. That was for you, buddy. You did. Uh, <laughs> what was I going to say? You don't. You have your thing in front of the camera when you're doing it, right? Yeah. Okay, because I was like pointing to the Philly. Oh, are you? Yeah, I don't. Me. I don't yeah. see you when I read it. I was like, he's not reacting as much as I think he would, huh? No, I, I, I don't have it memorized. I've got. I put the word document over the the main I screen. I okay. All right, that was awesome, bud. Uh, mine's this week is titled basketball. All right, all right. This is a bit of a longie. Bit of a longie. All right. The clock reads zero. The game is over. The Lakers are the NBA champions. The bubble was a su- the bubble was a success. Now reality sets in. In a year that feels like no other, another abnormality arises. I can't play basketball. When the playoffs are going on, it's usually spring going into summer. I spend countless hours outside at a basketball court, putting up shots by myself or playing a pickup game with strangers who then become teammates and friends. But not this year. Not even because of the fact that it's fall going into winter um, this time around. As a result of COVID, uh, as a result of COVID is that every court in my proximity has had their rims taken down as a measure to stop folks from congregating. I don't remember the first time I picked up a basketball because I've always had one in my hand. I don't remember the first time I dribbled because I've always known how to. I don't remember my first shot, my first layup, my first dunk, though it was probably on a Fisher Price hoop. I don't remember any of these moments because I don't remember a life pre-basketball. My mother got us a hoop for outside my mother got us a hoop for outside the house when I was maybe five, six. For five boys, you wanted to keep them home that you wanted to keep home and out of trouble, it was probably the greatest investment. Being the youngest, I probably used it the most. When nobody was home, uh, when nobody was home, I was alone and I would go outside and play back games I had saw on TV. I heard the commentators say Reggie Miller stuck out his leg on a shot to try to get a foul call. So I went outside and I tried to copy that. I heard them talk about Kobe's spot up shot. So I went outside and tried to copy that. I heard them talk about the toughness of AI. So I tried to copy that. I would play back the Lakers Nets finals, the Lakers Pacers finals alone in my driveway, passing it to myself and knocking down the final shot is Kobe. Basketball has been an easy way for me to get respect, being three years younger than my nearest brother, wanting to hang out with him and his friends who became my friends. I remember after Hurricane Wilma, we were out of school for about three to four weeks. I was in the sixth grade. My brother was in ninth. And a group of us walked around the city looking for a pickup game with whomever. 
basketball had given us peace. It had given me friends. Some of my best friends to this day are dudes I played with. When I moved to a new city at 12 with minimal social skills, basketball was where my personality shined brightest. I would talk trash only if the opponent did it first. I had a high basketball IQ. I was a bigger kid and could dominate, but liked passing and getting my teammates involved. By the time I got to high school, I could see the writing on the wall and I had to be practical. I was pretty much done growing. My diet wasn't the best because I didn't know what a diet was back then. Uh, So I had no hopes of making it pro or even college. So after my sophomore year on JV, I quit. Uh, A new coach came in at the start of my junior year. I volunteered, volunteered to be the team manager so I could stay around my guys, but focus more on school. The coach even asked me if I wanted to be on the team because I would always practice and scrimmage with them, but I politely declined. Since then, once I moved out, I've always looked for a place that was near a court so I can put up shots. When I was a kid, I had no worries in life when I was, I had no worries in life when I would shoot by myself alone. And when I've, uh, and when I've been at some of my lowest and most turbulent points, I've always been able to go and block out the world and clear my mind for about two hours and recapture that blissfulness I had when I was just a kid alone in his driveway. Basketball has given me peace. Boom, baby. Boom. I didn't know you liked basketball so much. (laughs) Kidding. Everyone knows Joe loves basketball. Yeah, I love basketball. That's why I think I was thinking this to myself the other day in the car, which is why I came up with that as my uh, essay. Um, I can watch a basketball game, even if I'm watching my team subjectively, because I know I understand like everything that's happening, but I get so anxious and like nervous when I'm watching football because I don't know everything that's happening. Oh, see, so I'm, I'm just like, make a good play. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get so frustrated I when I watch my teams in football, but when I'm watching any other game, I can just like pick apart. Like you can, like you can, like you with basketball, like you can just see certain things yeah. and you're like, oh, okay, this is how this is going to go. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I, I, I listen more to the commentators on say a, a football game because they're giving me knowledge. That's why I like listening to football podcasts like Mina Kimes because all I'm doing is gaining more knowledge on something that I have a baseline knowledge of. Whereas basketball, I could tell you about pistol action and slip screens and backdoor cuts in my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, so, yeah. see, look, we truly are yin and yang basketball <laughs> and football. Yeah. All right. That was a great right. show, man. That was fun. Let's get into it. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. Beautiful. So this is the press conference where we're going to plug our stuff, kind of give you some info where you can find us. Um, Joe, you want to hit it off first? Uh, you can follow this show at Curing Press on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at Joe Dorva on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, look out for look for my hip hop album TV by Headphone Joe. No O, no E in the phone portion of Headphone. Um, trying to really narrow it down to make sure nobody makes mistakes. But uh, yeah, that's all I got. Brennan, take it away. Beautiful. I'm uh, Brennan T Comedy on all social media. You can follow uh, me at Brennan T Comedy on everything. BrennanTComedy.com. I do have another podcast that I do on my own. It is called Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Check it out. Uh, a lot of times I have uh, 
comedian friends as guests and we just talk about drinking stories and everything. I'm sober now, which is why it's called X Drinking Buddy. But it's just a fun time. <laughs> um, if I don't have a guest, then I rant and rave either by myself or with my girlfriend. Uh, just basically a bunch of shit I used to do when I was drinking. So check that out and <laughs> stay tuned to the end of the show and you will get a promo for the network and all the other podcasts we've got going on. Solid. Brennan, Beautiful. take us out. This is why we play the games. Hello. Hello. Thank you for listening to a new low podcast network. We've got four fun podcasts on our current roster for you. Every other Monday, you can enjoy the Misbehavior Journal Club, a podcast highlighting exciting developments in the neuroscience community hosted by Amiel Moreno and Leah Krebit. Get some in-depth analysis of all things sports with Cheers from the Press Box, dropping two episodes a week, co-hosted by comic Brennan Tassif and hip-hop artist Joe Dorville. Catch me, Kyle Loader, with my right-hand man, Joe Dorville, every Wednesday as we discuss a different song from the Hamilton musical soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast. Last, but certainly not least, is our network's flagship podcast, A New Low, which drops every Friday. A New Low highlights a wide variety of current events that both disappoint and encourage our five diverse co-hosts, who are Farzad, Headphone Joe, No O No E Dorville, Scott by Scott, L Greg, and me, Kyle. Every episode of all these podcasts and all of our social media details and links can be found at anewlow.co. That's anewlow.co. All our shows can also be found everywhere podcasts are available. Like and subscribe is the name of the game. Thanks again for all your support.